Alrighty. Hello, everybody. This is All Who Wonder, a brand new monthly podcast hosted by yours truly, Anna Hudak. So what is this for those who may not know? So this is a series where I will be interviewing you, the fan, whether it's science fiction and or fantasy. You know, you don't need to be a huge expert in everything. You know, um, I've got some people lined up uh, for interviews who are only a fan of like one franchise in any of these genres. You know, this is just about you. What drags, what brings you to these genres and what makes you tick. So today we have our very first guest. Uh, Thank you for being my guinea pig. And their name is M. This is not- Hi, thank you so much for having me. Nice to have you. And by the way, I want to make sure, clear people, uh, this is not short so that we're not getting, um, uh, so people think, no, this is the letter M. This is not short for anything. We are just doing the letter M. Uh, don't want to get to speculations or people writing EM or anything like that in comments or whatever. Um, no, and, it's just M, like the James Bond Q, but just the M. Yeah. And uh, what are your pronouns? They, them. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. And also, uh, it's also nice that we did that, because I think it ensured that every Magacha just tuned out. So hopefully we won't have to deal with any uh, conservative harassment on this episode. Been doing a pretty good job of keeping away from them. So far. So far. Anyway, so, M. Who are you? You know, what What are some... Before we kind of get into the science fiction and the fantasy and all that stuff, what are some things that you are interested... That you think would be interesting for people to know about you outside of those? Absolutely. So, I've always grown up being, like, into fantasy, sci-fi, any sort of fiction. I was a huge reader as a kid. Uh, when I got older, I started exploring more, like, movies, TV shows. I actually came from a family where I wasn't really allowed to watch things as a young child, so a lot of my interaction with any sort of fantasy, sci-fi, any sort of, like, online culture has been as a young adult. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy lots of different video games. I'm a little bit involved in the online gaming community. I mod for a Twitch channel or two. And it's always just been a huge part of who I am and what I enjoy. And I definitely have, like, the ADHD and possibly autism combo. So I do a whole bunch of hyperfixations, deep dives, characterization, all that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, that that's honestly kind of somewhat similar to me. I'm going to be honest. I was not allowed to... I also grew up in a family where I was not allowed to... Um, get into a whole bunch of stuff growing up, but then as an adult and my parents couldn't say no. I mean, I kind of snuck behind her back a little bit as a teen, but you know, mostly when oh, I got... absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, I would never become yeah. such a diehard uh, Turtles fan or Star Trek fan probably if I had not um, snuck behind her oh, backs. Yeah. Um, Did you even grow up conservative if you didn't watch things behind your parents' back? <laughs> teenager, because the real question. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's possible, you know, and I, it, it, we're, we're, were you like me where a lot of the stuff that you got, you consumed, um, was through, uh, not through some less than legal websites like Putlocker and all that stuff? Uh, sometimes I also had the, I had the whole divorced parents deluxe experience, mm. so I had dad's Netflix password and it was often like, you know mom's not home or not around and we're watching netflix on the laptop baby nice nice i i I never got that myself no there was when i first got a job i snuck some netflix in behind my parents back and i watched um daredevil and jessica jones and luke cage and iron fist all those um definitely things that they were that they uh that they found out a few years later about and were not happy i did behind her back but um I mean, those are, to be fair, Daredevil especially. I love, like, action. I love fights. But the Daredevil fights, those are some brutal fights, to be yeah. fair. 
Yeah, especially um, in season two, that Punisher fight scene again in the prison. Oh yeah, that that was. Um, even I could not watch that. I, I I do not like gore. I'm I'm not a huge fan of gore, but I do love horror, so I'm okay with like moderate amounts of gore. Yeah, I, I think my my uh, I almost said drug of choice. That's not a good phrase, <laughs> but my. <laughs> My watching of choice behind my parents' back was definitely things along the lines of uh, Criminal Minds and mm. also Supernatural. Nice. And I think I was old enough to watch them. I was a, a teenager, but yeah. they definitely had no idea that I that my favorite show was Criminal Minds for a good portion of high school. <laughs> yeah, it, it, if I had been caught watching something like Supernatural, which I never got into... Um, I, I probably would have been out sleeping in the streets. Oh, uh, uh, that... yeah. I think my mom, like, once saw somebody wearing, like, a necklace that had, like, a supernatural, uh, I think it was, I don't remember exactly. It was some kind of, like, thing from the show and was like, oh, what is that demonic symbol? And I, this was a family friend, so I was kind of trying to defend them without it being known that I knew exactly what this symbol was. Oh, so I, 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 like, I understand that. Well, I mean, I think I've heard of a TV show that it might, might be from, and meanwhile I'm, like, binge-watching this entire series. <laughs> and, you know, uh, your siblings are probably older, so this didn't happen to you, but I had, like, a lot of young, young siblings at the time, and mm-hmm. I definitely had a couple times where I was, like, babysitting and my three-year-old sister would come sit on my lap and just watch Supernatural, and she would just kind of stare at the screen and, like, did not care. She was just like, huh, okay. Polluting, <laughs> the, polluting, polluting them while we're young, I see how this is. Leading uh, yeah, them astray from the good you. path, from the good holy path. Of course. We're gonna, best. we're gonna grow up to be metalheads. And, you know, oh, smoking ma- smoke and, mar- smoke and marijuana, you know. Not the weed. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, my my, my siblings uh, when I was doing this were all like inver double digits. Um, so, but uh, so I, I I didn't have to quite worry so much about that. Um, but yeah. Yes. I think Do we want to say how how you and I met or how we know each other because I think it's a funny thing to do with siblings. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, I actually don't remember, so, so you can say. Okay, so I uh, was roommates with Anna's sibling for uh, two years, two and a half, in college. And we still talk, and I actually talk to your youngest sister as well. So uh, I, like, somehow know all of your family. Although we didn't really start talking until after. I think I saw you maybe once when you were, like, helping your sister move into the dorm. Yeah. And then we kind of, like, connected online. Yeah. Okay, I knew that you went to uh, my sister's college. I, I just didn't remember the other details at all. Yep. So yeah, um, we, we, we do know each other, and to be honest, that's probably why I wanted to start with um, M here. Because, well, yeah. somebody I, know, I at least somewhat know, I feel comfortable using them as my special little guinea pig. I'm not as intimidating. Because, frankly, I don't know pretty much anybody else who's on my uh, interview list, so I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of them in case um, this turned out to be a bit of a mess starting off. So, um, doing great. Thanks. Um, anyway, I guess we might as well get into what everybody's actually all here for. So, I guess the first thing we want to know is let's start from as far back as you can remember what are some of your earliest memories with either science fiction and or fantasy yeah so i think i touched a little bit on you know obviously sneaking things behind my parents back as a teenager and that would have been probably supernatural was the the gateway show if if you will Mm -hmm. but if we want to go back further than that, I actually <laughs> was homeschooled, if you couldn't tell from our already talking about family backgrounds, and I did not start reading until maybe second grade, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a little late for a kid to start reading. So yeah. my mom just decided to let me read 
anything and everything that I would put my hands on. And that mostly ended up being like fantasy and fiction and sci-fi type stuff. So I think definitely what got me into it was the reading. Uh, I was allowed to read Chronicles of Narnia. I was not allowed to read Lord of the Rings, oddly enough, which because most parents will let their kids read that. I was not allowed to read that. Um, so just starting out mainly with like Chronicles of Narnia and like any sort of fantasy sci-fi book I could get my hands on before I was allowed to watch TV. And then when I was allowed to watch TV or I started watching it with my dad at my dad's place, um, it started out pretty much with Supernatural and with Star Wars. Star Wars and Supernatural, I think, were like my big gateway fandoms. That and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's been like a lifelong special interest. And it started out with my dad actually showing me the live-action movies Mm -hmm. from like the 90s. Really? Yes. So I think, I honestly, if I remember correctly, I was very very young, like maybe eight years old, and my dad was like scrolling through channels to let me watch something before bed and was like, oh, oh, here, I watched these as a kid. I think you'd like them. Here you go. Sorry, not as a kid. My dad wasn't a kid in the 90s, obviously, but um, (laughs) he, you know, he knew Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and he was like, here, here you go. Watch this. Uh, so to this day, my gateway into like a lifelong obsession was the the movies where they're wearing the like mildly disturbing costumes <laughs> and doing all these clips that they're not even lip synced to. But <laughs> peak, it was great. Love it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I totally get that. Um, I mean, my I I have a lifelong obsession with um, turtles as well. It was one of the very first. Um, franchises I was ever presented to me as a kid. Like, I knew Star Wars and all that stuff, you know, like I was, you know, like, as like I was born, I think the year Phantom Menace came out, because, when did Phantom Menace come out? Was that 98, 99? Um, let me look uh, that up. Yeah, I think it was. Um, Phantom and that would make sense, because I know it was before I was born. And Yeah, so Phantom Menace came out in 99, I was born in 98, and I remember when Star Wars 3 came out. Um, I remember when the Toledo Museum of Art, because I grew up in Toledo, Ohio area, had a exhibit for Star Wars stuff. Um, my daddy used to have like a bunch of Star Wars Legos, he had like this um, DK encyclopedia of... Um, like, old, like, old sets and pieces of um, Phantom Menace, like... And I even had a few toys, but, like, they, they actually did not allow me to actually watch or even read anything Star Wars back then. So, like, all I really knew was, like, hey, there's Yoda, there's Padme, there's Jar Jar Binks, but, like, I didn't know what any of them sounded like, what any of them did, or really any of that. Um, so the first franchise I actually got into, like, that they allowed us to be part of was Turtles. And we played Turtles video games growing up. Um, specifically Very for the... similar to my siblings and I would play like the Star Wars Lego games. Ooh. So it sounds like pretty similar there with the starting out with little games. Yeah. And we had, we, we had a um, one for the 2003 Turtle series called Teenage Mutant Turtles 2 Battle Nexus. And it had an unlockable arcade game. Um, I want to say, I forget which one it was, but... Uh, that was how we for I first got into turtles and the game. I had all the toys, coloring books, books, um, and and so yeah, that was my start of my obsession with that. So nice to. Um, I mean, we didn't get into it the same way, but it's kind of cool that uh, we both have that like lifelong thing. I remember from early on that like you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you familiar? Let me ask you this: Are you familiar with the 2018 reboot, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes, I am. Okay, and what's your opinion? Because I recently just came off of a hyperfixation on that that lasted about a month and a half. <laughs> so I haven't been watching it like recently, recently. Uh huh. But about a month ago, I was hyperfixated hard. Um. It's 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 not for me. Like I recognize why people love it. Like I like like my like my problem is it's just not my style of humor. 
Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like, 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 like the animation is fantastic. Like, it's probably got oh, the yeah. best animation I've probably seen in a cartoon. And I loved the voice acting. I felt like um, a lot of the story building was very well done. In fact, I actually liked a lot of the things that they did with the characters. Like, have Ralph start off as the leader. And, um, like, as so, like, how they had, like, completely different designs for each of the turtles. Like, for all, like, different sp- types of turtles and everything. But it really just wasn't my type of humor. So, I personally didn't enjoy it too much but like i really do understand why so many people love that series and i kind of feel upset that uh, for all of the fans that the show's just kind of been shafted i agree with you. the humor is definitely aimed at younger kids a little bit um and at first i wasn't sure if i would even be into the show because it is more lighthearted it's definitely like a a more lighthearted take on the franchise as mm-hmm. a whole but i got into it i think because of all the other aspects you talked about like they all have different designs and for me uh found family or like unconventional family has always been a trope that i will just die for every single time so you have like obviously unconventional turtle plus rat family Mm -hmm. and i really liked how they did different designs for each of the turtles and gave it like meaning and okay we're actually gonna work with these like oh uh michelangelo's really small we're gonna make him so he's like really bouncy and we'll just like go inside a shell and they can throw him like a projectile (laughs) you know they actually worked with the designs to give them all different personalities I really, really liked the characterization in that series, I think is why it's one of my top uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, because they really delved into characterization, they really gave everyone a different personality, and I have always been a sucker for, Raph has always been one of my favorites. Preach! And I feel like they actually gave him the personality and the character development that he deserved so that he's not just the angry one type Mm -hmm. of deal which oddly enough I feel like he started out as in the 90s series like oh okay he has anger issues but he's more than just that and then in some of the recent like maybe the 2012 series kind of devolved a little bit into like just the hothead so honestly seeing him like step up and lead as the big brother in this series was very cool and took the pressure off Leonardo's character to be only the leader so Mm -hmm. you could actually explore like okay who is Leonardo if he's not the leader and I could talk for hours about how they canonically wrote Donatello as autistic in this series I mean everybody I feel like even back in the 2012 series people were like oh Donatello's autistic but it was kind of a fan theory and seeing that representation especially because like I'm very likely autistic and just seeing the representation in a character and done so well because he's a bit of a stereotype but they did the stereotype correctly Mm -hmm. Uh, the the autism the neurodivergence is never like something that makes him just get pushed aside it's very much a part of his character and it's it shows up in almost every aspect of what he does but it's just seen as like this is just Donatello this is just Donnie this is just how he is and it's very refreshing honestly because in some other shows that try and write neurodivergent or autistic characters even in like um trying to think of an example so like She-Ra recently had a character that was supposed to be autistic and I think there's a scene where I've actually never watched all of She-Ra so forgive me diehard She-Ra fans if I'm getting this wrong. Ari She-Ra Mafia listen closely so you know who does harass. Oh no (laughs) um no I think there's a scene where they're like running from some imminent danger and she's like so distracted by her technology that they literally put like a leash around this grown adult and like run away from the danger pulling her by this leash and that was just so weird to see as like that's supposed to be your autism representation is the techie nerd who's only useful to the group through 
the tech and then is a hazard otherwise. Whereas in the 2018 Rise, you see Donatello being, yeah, he is like an asset to the group through tech, but also more than that. And they actually have a couple episodes where they center on the fact that he's more than that. Plus, they just, they, he's very, um, kind of stereotypically autistic and like he does, he's not very expressive. He doesn't really initiate physical contact. Like, just little things like that, but it's never seen as something bad. It's like, this is just Donnie, and we accept Donnie, and this is just what he's like. So, that was, I think, fantastic representation going there. And, yeah, I just, I really like Rise for a lot of those reasons. And, honestly, like, if you liked the animation and all those different aspects of the Turtles, I'd encourage you to watch the movie that recently came out. Oh, Even yeah. if you're not like a huge fan of the humor, because the movie is fantastic. And the movie also gets pretty deep and a little bit like serious because they, you know, they engage in some mortal peril with the Krang and whatnot, as Ooh. they usually do. But it was an excellent movie. So even though the series got kind of cut short there, I think the movie, even if the series doesn't end up like coming back, the movie was a great way to kind of pick up and be like, okay, let's kind of follow up and give it a little bit of closure. Nice. Yeah, I have not seen the movie yet. I've heard good things about it, but for also the people, the, the only people I really heard that from were people who already like adored everything about the series, who thought it was the greatest thing ever. So it's like, I don't know if I really trust your judgment because you're going to like it anyway. But that, that gives, that's a, gives me a bit more confidence to check it out. I'll definitely have to um, yeah, give that one a try. that's fair. I think what I, what happened is I watched, like, the beginning of the series, what or what's on Netflix right mm-hmm. now, which is, I think, like maybe the first season. Yeah. And then I watched the movie because that's what I had access to. And then I went back because I was obsessed and I watched the rest of the series through somewhat illegal means. Um, but so I... <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I, I, hey, I'm hey. a fully grown adult and I still do that. So I, it's perfectly oh, yeah. fine. Oh, yeah. You know what? What are you supposed to do? Um, I'm not signing so up for, I, for like 10 different I, I, streaming I was services. Like somewhat, I was like somewhat introduced to the series before I watched the movie, but I was not fully obsessed yet. So... It's a good, it's a good movie, and even if you haven't seen the full three seasons, I think it's it's two or three seasons. Um, I don't know because I watched it all at once. But um, <laughs> even if you haven't seen the full show, you can pretty much pick up on it. It's it's pretty easy to pick up on the storyline. That's good. I've only seen the first season, so okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out. Let me see. Um... Alright, I feel like we've probably... I, I would love to talk to more Turtles, like, seriously. Like, I love that so much. But, we also... There's a lot of other things you've ta- you've you've listed here. We're probably not going to get to all of it. I feel like we probably should keep moving on to be respectful of your time. Unless you have all the time in the world, which I'm pretty certain you don't. Um, I don't. Everybody who doesn't like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has already left this <laughs> All I'm right. Like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah, once again, I would love to sit around and talk about that, but I feel like we need to probably, unfortunately, move on from uh, talking about that. So, never the other fa- uh, franchise that you mentioned that you got into pretty early was um, Star Wars. What? What do do you remember? What was it that you watched first, or what was it that you enjoyed about it as a kid? Like. You know, or did you not even enjoy it at first and only became fan of it later and all that stuff? Yeah, so uh, I think I remember I once again was like not allowed to watch Star Wars when I was young. And then when I got a tiny bit older and was like aware of Star Wars existence, I went to my dad who did allow me to watch things and was like, Dad, I want to watch Star Wars. And my dad was like, Sure, you know. But he insisted that I watch it in the correct order, which is release order. So I watched the original trilogy first and then went back and watched the prequels and Mm -hmm. then continued on. 
Um, so that was the first bit that I watched. And then actually when I was younger, I watched uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, which was the animated series. Which, which, which one, the Cartoon Network one or the traditional animated one? I think that was the Cartoon Network one. Okay, so the CGI one, okay. Yes. I just want to make sure... sure. I don't remember what year that came out. Yeah, it came out a few years later, but if it was CGI and, like, we had, like, 3D animation, uh, that's the Cartoon Network one. Because there was two of them, a lot of people, uh, there was the the traditional 2D one that came out, like, that was, like, one season, and I know that there's going to be some Star Wars nerds who are going to be, like, uh, but which one? You didn't clarify which one. This means nothing to me now. Oh, no. No, I think the Clone Wars... Here, I'll clarify for you. It's the one that you can find now on Disney+. Plus. Except you can probably find it both. I don't know. I have no idea. I um, My, my family has Disney+, Plus, but I don't ever browse it myself. Okay. Like, literally, yeah, my... No. Pretty much I only ever watch what the... Fa- like, the only things I really ever used it for was to watch DuckTales of Mom. Mm-hmm. The new one. Um, we're watching yeah. Andor as a, a with with my parents, and um, we're going to be watching Disenchanted when that comes out. It's so, like I really don't use Disney Plus myself. Phases I go through phases where I sometimes watch Disney Plus and I sometimes don't. Um, but no, I was obsessed with Star Wars: The Clone Wars, um, and it is. I don't know if you've ever seen that series. I have it not. Is really intense for supposedly being a kid show. Hey, you know. Uh, and th- because it's basically the story, I mean, it is the story of the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. obviously, by the name. Uh, so it does not end well. It does not have a happy ending. It does not, and honestly, the <laughs> Dave over here directing was just kind of like, I, I literally saw a meme this morning that was like, the director just being like, today's subject slavery because it's honestly like that like you settle in to just watch an innocent episode and it'll be an episode about how like the ethics of the republic using clone troopers when clone troopers are living breathing people and the empire's using drones and droids sorry oh my goodness the star wars people are gonna attack me now Um, remember it's her saying it not me yep no (laughs) Um, but it it really gets into like the ethics and the morality and hmm, maybe the Republic isn't all it's cracked up to be and all these different things and honestly uh, here you can tell I'm a nerd because I have a list in the notes app on my phone that oh, has no. been there for years and it's a <laughs> list of cartoon series I want my future children to watch oh are you, are, are you comfortable and- with reading any of those uh, oh, yeah, let me find it. But I will tell you right now, Star Wars The Clone Wars is on there. Nice. Because well, it's just an excellent show. Nice. Yeah. You know, I, the, the thing with, like, um, kid, like, kid, like, it's supposed to be a kid show, but it's, like, secretly dark. Ter- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2003 is actually the exact same way. I'm actually glad my parents mm-hmm. would not let me watch that show as a kid, despite the fact I wanted to. I, yeah, I was honestly one of the children who, I was a great kid, but also if I wanted to do something, you really couldn't make me not do it. So, once I had access to the internet, it was all over for my parents. Well, yeah, same here, but, like, I actually wasn't, like, didn't have, like, because, like, previously, like, pretty much all the computer access I had was on, like, my parents' computers, so I couldn't get away with that stuff. But once I had my own, when I was a teenager, then I went off and watched a series, and it's like, yeah, I'm glad my parents wouldn't let me watch this on TV when I was a kid, because this is messing me up now as an adult, as a, you know, 17, 16-year-old. Yeah, I had the, the hack of divorced parents, so I think my dad gave me a Kindle when I was, like, eight years old to, to read books on, and I did read a lot of books on there, but I also could access the internet. And I think my mom tried to put parental controls on it once, mm. and I simply was like, Dad, Mom, put parental controls on my Kindle. And Dad was like, that's not fair. Or I'm your parent, too. And basically, I exploited the conflict. It works great. <laughs> hey, you're not, I mean, you, you might as well. 
Yeah, you know what? You got the divorced parents. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. That's my advice to any kids of divorced parents out there. No, don't take my advice. <laughs> I'm terrible at advice. <laughs> but anyway, yes, my, my list of TV series that I want my kids to watch is not very long. It's just Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, which is kind of a continuation of the same universe. It has some of the same characters reoccurring. Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which obviously, one? we've discussed this at length. W- which and one? And Lego Ninjago Masters of Spinjitzu. Ooh, all right. Well, let's 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 talk about that one. Um, we can. That what? one is one where actually I was um, alarmingly older when I got into that. I was probably in like my later years of high school when it even came out. Mm. I'm not even sure. And, but I was, for some reason, it was a hyperfixation is what it was. My brain saw it and went dopamine (laughs) chase. And so I just got fully obsessed with it. And definitely one that I still will just go back and watch for nostalgia purposes today. Nice. Yeah, I have not seen any of the shows myself. I, I know of uh, Veninjitsu uh, TV shows. I uh, didn't really have many friends growing up, but uh, pretty much the ones I did have growing up loved Ninjago. Uh, they, they, they absolutely adored it with every fiber of her beans. So I've definitely heard a lot about it. I have uh, the most experience I really have with Ninjago are having owned some of the sets when that first came out and having watched the movie. Yeah, I was, oh, not the movie. Oh, my God, not the movie. No! Okay. I specifically mentioned the movie so I could hear your reaction to that. Oh, not the movie. No. Okay. I I remember being in high school when the movie came out and and was with another friend who was also a fan of the show. And we found, we were, like, playing around in somebody else's house and we found a DVD of Lego Ninjago, the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And we both were like, burn it, shoot it, destroy it, like, get it out of here. Absolutely not. I honestly think that everybody had such a strong reaction to the movie because they changed the character design, they changed the voice actors, they changed a lot of aspects of the story, like character ages, character backstory, etc., etc. They basically kind of just pulled the characters out of the universe they were from and plopped them down in the same universe. And not don't get me wrong, I love the original Lego movie. I love the Lego Batman movie. I love the vibe of Lego movies in general. Mm-hmm. But Lego Ninjago, absolutely not. It's blasphemy. It's a mockery. Can't deal with it to this day. That's my reaction to Teen Titans Go as a diehard fan of the original series. Oh, God, not Teen Titans Go. Yes, no, I was all... Also a diehard fan of Teen Titans, and it was one of those shows that like got really intense for a kid series. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh hell yeah. And then yeah. suddenly, oh yeah. And then Teen Titans Go appeared, and I remember sitting there with my sister actually, uh, because she also enjoyed Teen Titans, and we were sitting there, kind of looking at, like, watching Teen Titans Go on a Saturday morning in our house, just staring at it, like, what has become of the world? Hmm. Oh, I totally feel that. I remember watching that show, and it's just like, this isn't Teen Titans. What is this? This is not... So we canceled... No, that's... I think... Yeah, like, there are, there are ways to do a good reboot or even a good, like, spin-off series, but that's not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good spin-off series is something like The Jeffersons, too, which was spin-off of All in the Family. It, it, it had the same, like, you know, it felt like the same characters, you know, you could tell this was the same world. This was not it. I have no idea what they were doing, especially to make it worse, is that the original, I don't know if we're still around, but, like, for writers and the directors, none of them had ever watched the original series that they were spinning off of. And so they just grew up, grew to oh, despise the fans of the original series. Like, they even made an episode called Slade Returns, where Slade did not return, made specifically despite the fans of the original series. No, I think definitely, and I know you mentioned you haven't seen the Star Wars, like, the 
animated shows, but for me, that was where, like, Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels was actually a good follow-up from Clone Wars, even though it was a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more geared toward kids, because it had the same characters, it was in the same universe, and then when Disney kind of absorbed Lucasfilms and made all of the animated series canon, they, I think, added that, like, they wanted to keep it within the same universe and create a larger... So, interestingly enough, that, like, you know, the, I'm not sure what they even call them, like, the Star Wars one-off movies, like Rogue One? Yeah, anthology, the, the anthology series. Okay, yeah. So... At least that's the name they were going with at the time. Don't know if they still call it yes. that. Yeah, so because Disney absorbed Lucasfilm and they wanted to kind of continue that, like, universe they were making with the animated series... Uh, you can find, like, mentions to and even characters from the animated series in, like, Rogue One, for example. Like, like there is a, a, at least a couple scenes in Rogue One where you meet a character or they mention a character that originated from the animated series. So if you've watched the animated series, you see that and you go, oh my goodness, that's the general that we met in Clone Wars. Nice. Yeah, I can't say I picked up on any of those. Like, I know that um, Saw Guerra, I guess, was in one of the animated shows. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, every stupid, every freaking article about Rogue One at the time could not stop freaking out about how Saw Guerra was in that the movie. Um, yes. But, like, I, I did not know there were other um, callbacks or references to the other shows. That was the only one pretty much any article mentioned because everyone was freaking out about it. I think he was the one that was the most obvious and the biggest role, but I think there were a couple of things like they announced the name of a general over a loudspeaker in one scene, like in the background, like General Whoever, can you please come to wherever? And oh, it's yeah. the name of a general from a series, mm -hmm. or like there's a there's a droid that's from the series, stuff like that. Nice, yeah, I never would have picked up on those, and I'll. Probably have to look into those to find out what those are now. It's kind of piqued my interest. Um, yeah, the Easter eggs. I need to watch... I have not watched The Bad Batch. Um, but the characters from The Bad Batch, I know, actually originate also in Clone Wars, uh, in the animated series. So I am interested in watching that. I need to watch it because you meet the characters in that series. And they're actually very fun characters. So, because Clone Wars did face an interesting challenge in how do you make all these clones who are literally voiced by the same voice actor and look exactly the same into distinct individualized personalities. Yeah, that seems a bit of a um, problem. Yeah, in order to humanize them for the audience, because Clone Wars does center a lot around humanizing the clone troopers, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so the Bad Batch, it was a little obvious because everybody had like very distinct features and such. Uh, I think in like Clone Wars in general, more of the squads would just have like little designs on their uniform or something so that you could kind of tell them apart. But I am interested to see what they do with that. Yeah, I, I know that um, there was somebody that I knew who got into that show. Uh, my my main memory of that show, I've not seen it, was um, Mom and I were going to go watch DuckTales one night when it came out, and it was like the first thing there on Disney Plus Splash page, you know? Um, Mom's like, why is Disney releasing a show called Bad Pitch? Oh, good. <laughs> Mom literally bought a said Bad Pitch, and I just died. Yep. Oh, Yeah. It's like, that does not I seem like Disney. Say fun things like that, yeah. <laughs> um, alright, That's so... an interesting, because I know you mentioned that, like, your dad had <laughs> Star Wars Lego sets. Mm -hmm. Do you think your parents were into, like, fantasy and sci-fi at all, or not really? Oh, my, my, my parents are, um, especially my dad. My dad was a huge nerd, uh, growing up, um... And I think my mom, and my mom kind of got dragged into it after she married dad. Okay, yeah, because my, my dad, it was, it was weird because you wouldn't know he was a nerd. Uh, he doesn't really, like, 
have any of the like any merch or any memorabilia mm-hmm. or anything. But the minute that I showed interest in like Star Wars and Marvel and stuff, it, he like suddenly like reawoke his nerdy side, and now he has some stuff because like my siblings and I will like give him Darth Vader Christmas ornaments and stuff like that. But nice. it was interesting how like I never would have guessed my dad was a Star Wars fan until I was like, "Hey, Dad, I want to watch Star Wars. Have you ever seen Star Wars?" And he was like, "Absolutely, but you can only watch." them in the proper order the way george lucas intended for them to be watched and i was like okay so yeah my dad got us to watch that way yeah i think that was just cool that like it was something that my dad wasn't like it, it didn't really show up in his life until his kids were interested in it and then it was like oh i'm interested in this again yeah my dad when i was a kid had like a bunch of merchandise but as we got older he started getting rid of more and more of it like, he had this huge wall of, like, ro- Battletech um, robots and, like, Gundam and stuff like that. Uh, but then as we got older, he started getting rid of that stuff more. And now, you, if, you, if you were to um, come to our place today or get to know him today, you would never guess it. He, he, you, you literally would never guess it. I've met your father. Um, I yeah. wouldn't have guessed it, no. Yeah, but, like, when we were kids, he had... Like, so much nerdy stuff. Like, his entire den was just a nerd, um, like, a nerd altar or whatever. Like, it was crazy. He was a much different person back then. Yeah. Um, alright, so, what got you into Harry Potter? Because somebody tells me that that probably was something that was not allowed, you were not allowed to get into as a kid. What's your history with Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, so I have to preface anything Harry Potter with fuck J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe wrote the books. We all know this. Um, and that's all I really have to say about that, I think. But Harry Potter was something I was always like super curious about, like looking from the outside in, mm-hmm. and was not allowed to get into at all because, like, this is witchcraft, blah, blah, blah. And then and when I was a little bit older... Maybe my first year of college or so, I, I literally bought myself the full, like, actual physical hardcover copies of the books and had them. And I think I, like, hid them in my closet at one point because they were, like, not allowed in the house. But ever since I was allowed to read them and watch the movies, or not allowed, but I just did it anyway, Yeah, I have just been obsessed. It's a really cool fantasy world there's some great world building in there proud Slytherin on that (laughs) definitely um and I actually like interact with it on kind of a daily basis now because I work very close to the Universal theme park I work for a company that has a partnership with them Mm -hmm. so uh definitely like see a lot of people going to the theme parks every day and just like wearing the merch and stuff like that. That would, that, that would definitely make sense. Um, so I, I, there's a few, there, there's definitely a question I want to ask because um, that is something that you mentioned because I am somebody who has never read the books, um, never seen the movies. Um, I actually was going to read the books for the first time. So during uh, COVID lockdowns, like I was made up my mind, like, you know what? Just check out what these books are, you know, because uh, everybody's talking about them, and I worked at a library at that time, and all my coworkers were just like, "You got you, you work at a library, you have to read Harry Potter." Um, and then literally that day, as I was about to like, when I was like, "Okay, made my, made up my mind, I'm going to check this book out from Hoopla." JKR made those tweets. Literally the day I was going to start reading, so uh, never got into that. Um, but uh, the question I was going to ask is. Uh, explain explain to folks like me who have never read Harry Potter what what does Slytherin mean since you're so proud of that Slytherin yes so in the Harry Potter books just like a quick introduction if you don't know the school runs on so Hogwarts runs on a house system uh, where you get sorted into one of four houses you have Slytherin Gryffindor Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff 
Do I think that this is necessarily a good way for the school to work? Probably not, because they do it very wrong and they end up, like, pitting the kids against each other to, like, earn house points and win the house cup at the end of the year and that leads to a lot of rivalry between houses and also in the books the houses have kind of turned into like more of a blood proud thing where you have like wizard nazis who are in slytherin who are like oh my family has always been in slytherin we will always be in slytherin we're the the pure house or whatever wow um oh yeah it, it gets a little intense but at the core, it's just like your personality, your personality traits, plus what you value as a person. Mm. So the Gryffindor is like the house of the loyal and the brave. Okay. Slytherin is like house of the ambitious and the cunning. Uh, Ravenclaw is like the house of like wisdom and learning. And Hufflepuff is like kindness and loyalty to friends. Okay. And... You could honestly, I've had so many conversations with your sister because she is a Hufflepuff and I'm a Slytherin. And uh, fun fact, when we text each other, we send each other parts with the corresponding house color every time we finish a conversation. Oh, wow. Just because it's it's just a fun little thing we do. Um, But we both... So your sister and I both really value, like, knowledge and learning. Mm -hmm. So at first glance, we both would probably be Ravenclaw, Mm -hmm. but we value other things more, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yes, I I understand that. Yeah, so it's especially because the core trio of, like, Harry Potter, Hermione, and Ron from the books are technically stereotypes of they should be in the other houses, so... Hermione's really smart, she loves learning, she should be Ravenclaw, but she's Gryffindor. Ron is, like, very loyal and kind, should be Hufflepuff, but he's Gryffindor. And Harry, there's actually a scene where the he almost gets sorted into Slytherin, and then he basically is like, no, I don't want to, and they're like, oh, fair enough, Gryffindor. Wow. So, uh, the houses was just one of the things, I think the biggest reason that I like the Harry Potter series is just the world building that goes on in it mm-hmm. and the house system is definitely one of the, the cool things in that that I just really enjoy nice so that's actually going to lead into one of the final things um, uh, that I wanted to ask you about uh, you mentioned when we were uh, talking before this that you like to deep dive lore and characterization uh, what, what, uh, what is it about lore or characterization or whatever like what was like the first thing that you can remember getting really diving like that into and why thing i can remember really deep diving into like lore and characterization would be like the first big fantasy thing i was into which was chronicles of narnia nice because if you remember from chronicles of narnia uh once you get into the later books Mm mm-hmm Susan actually leaves Narnia, like stops believing. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I remember I think that. In the very last book, the final battle. Yeah. Um, and also, of course, in the in like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you have Edmund kind of betraying his siblings to go with the White Witch. Yeah. And I was just, even as a child, I was fascinated by those characters making like bad decisions, but they're not necessarily bad characters. Yeah, And I was going, oh my goodness, this is so interesting because this is a touch realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, good people sometimes make bad decisions and you don't always get your happy ending and just stuff like that. And so now as an adult, I feel like with any piece of media that I watch, I tend to like deep dive a character's motives. And then you have, you know, the typical oh, the villain is always queer-coded, so I always yeah. identify with the villain. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton going on with, like, any piece of media that I watch, like, like Marvel especially, um, any anything that I end up watching, there's always a character or two that I always just get, like, really very interested in and really want to, like, pick apart 
their motives and how their brain works and just everything about them. What's the most recent character that you've been really deep diving into lately? Um, it's it's not going to be anything from any of these fandoms. That's fine. Just but who is it? Are you familiar at all with the creators who do the Dream SMP? Dream recipe? The mine, the Dream SMP, the Minecraft roleplay survival oh, multiplayer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. So I got... I'm not actually, like, super into the Dream SMP, but I do, like, watch a lore stream occasionally because they actually did, like, a very good job with the lore and they get really into it. And mm-hmm. there are a couple of creators who have chosen to make their character like an anti-hero or a character with very complex motives. So this particular content creator is called Awesome Dude, and his character on the Dream SMP is like a very complex character who sometimes he is like really good and doing very great things and helping people who need help and taking a lot of responsibility on himself with things that nobody else wants to do and then other times there was a lore stream where uh, and this is all I have to preface because it gets weird when you're working with like the actual people this is all the characters none of this is the actual content creators Uh, but there's a character on the SMP that he was like in love with like their storyline was that they were valentines and everything and then this character stole something from awesome dude's character oh and he proceeded to hunt him down and torture him until he gave it back and actually cut off his arm oh oh wow uh that that got dark pretty quick yes um and there was more behind it it was like supposedly there was a lot at stake you know but there's it's it's very cool to watch a character like that where uh, you are not sure ever if you like the character or not. Mm. You're like, is this a good character? Is this a bad character? It really boils down to, you know, does the end do the the ends justify the means? And you have to kind of acknowledge because personally, for me from a person who comes from a place of, like, having experienced abuse and trauma in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, When that lore stream happened, I was like, okay, I can't... This character is no longer a good character in my eyes because nothing justifies abuse. Yeah, I agree with that. Then you're looking to, like, all the later streams, and then later that same character who got his arm cut off, like, takes revenge and murders the character back. So, like, Mm -hmm. it's just... It gets very... Anything that's complicated. I like when you have characters that are not black and white. Yeah. Because we as people want characters to be black and white Mm -hmm. because we want to have a clear expectation of who we're supposed to root for. Yep. And I think it's very cool to see media that is not afraid to make characters gray because real life is seldom ever black and white. So that's very interesting to me. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. You know, I've been... um... I, I know that some people who have been following me on Twitter know this, but I know probably a lot do or listening don't, but I have been writing my own uh, fantasy books, um, and that's definitely been a uh, something a, a challenge for me, something to try to challenging myself to break out of making this character, uh, you know, this, you know, shining, you know, this, like, shiny paragon of, of, of all, all things goodness, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, because it, it's very easy to do that when you're writing a hero, you know. Um, so I mean, I, I'm going to kind of give a little bit of a spoiler of my book now. Um, I mean, it's going to be years before this even comes out, so everybody's going to forget about this a Ooh, long before exclusive. it comes out. Yes, you're exclusive all getting exclusive. Spoilers, everyone. They, there's even a question where you can debate on whether this person even is a hero or not like i am personally like because what i'm trying to do is like set up like all these prophecies and all this stuff and then you 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 read about this character and her journey and everything and it's just like were they really the hero were they really that one that we were all prophesied that and all looking forward to 
I, I, I'm not really sure. And I at least hope that's the that's what people come away with is questioning whether uh, if they really were that person or not. That could be seen as a hero or a villain, depending on what side you're on. Yeah, or just I think that's always really cool. Or even just um, you know, did they even fulfill the prophecies? Um, is another one I want to really address because you know. I think that, you know, you see so often with these fantasy stories, you know, you have the prophecies, you know, and there's like that prophesied hero, and they come in, you know, and they fulfill all of these prophecies, you know, with uh, pretty easily, you know, and everybody just immediately accepts them as the hero, like, hey, you fulfilled this, you know, this thing. But what if you have a hero where, I mean, I guess technically they may have fulfilled it, but did they really? You know, um, can't wait to have your book come out, and then I'll find out exactly what this spoiler relates to. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's something I've definitely been trying to kind of challenge myself with. Um, but anyway, let's let's move on. I think that we need to probably start uh, wrapping up soon. Um, so I got two more questions. Um, so the first of the two questions is you talked that you mentioned that you are a pretty big anime fan. Um yep. I am not an anime fan. I'm just going to be straight up. I just I'm not really somebody who ever really got into it. I don't know, maybe I just never have found the one for me. I did enjoy Patsuma Inverted um and like um there was one Studio Ghibli film I I like Nausicaa and um there was yeah, Secret World of Arietti, but um Oh, and there was, there was the Craven of Fireflies and Wind Rises, but yeah, I, I liked those, but uh, never really got into the, all the other ones, including the ones my sisters got watched and made me watch with them and all that stuff. But uh, you said you yeah, specifically... Yeah, your sister has made me watch certain ones as well. Yeah, uh, you, you, know, you, you know that then. Um, yes. You mentioned... Actually, your sister and I have very different taste in anime, so it would be very interesting sometime to compare it. Nice. That that's uh, that does definitely is different. So the two that you mentioned to me are mm-hmm. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but I'm going to try anyway. Um, anime heads, go go ahead. I already know you're going to spam my inbox with calling me an idiot and all that stuff. Go ahead, whatever. Oh no, I, I'm Don't I'm used to rise. I'm used to it. I'm used to it at this point. Um, Owari no Seraph. Yay! I mean, that's my best guess. Oh, okay, so you... I think the English name is Seraph of the End. Okay. I probably should have given you the English name to begin with, but... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so Um, let's dig into the first one you mentioned, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. When did you get into that? Uh, What what made you love it? Okay, so Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood probably my top favorite anime of all time if I had to pick one I know for a fact that your sister has or had a t-shirt for it so she I does. she likes this one too she does uh, It is. she wears it every typical, time she's like, over you know yeah it's a pretty typical like young adult uh, male protagonist type anime mm-hmm. but it focuses on a pair of siblings which I love because I love the like you know sibling dynamic um, I think you could probably call it like fantasy or sci-fi because it focuses on them doing um, alchemy, but it's like yeah. magic alchemy. So like they do some, they draw some things and move their hands around, and they can like transmutate yeah, objects. It's, yeah, it's like futuristic um, fantasy, or you know, a lot of people would call that science fiction. I've seen a lot of people label that science fiction, you know, like Star Wars. You know, Star Wars is, if you kind of think about, it, is a bit more poly fantasy with like the Force and you know, shiny glowing swords. I mean, lightsabers, you know, and all that stuff. But you know, counts as, sci- as science fiction. So yeah, I think it's kind of in that like niche where it's like science fiction, but it looks like magic from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets very, very intense. I think they're like that. Um, one of them kind of drastically, not drastically, graphically loses an arm and a leg in like the 
second episode. Oh my! Um, <laughs> so just, man, just, just introducing you to you to the world like Game of Thrones did with Ned Stork getting beheaded at the end of the first episode. I mean, there you go. No, it's basically. Uh, I've never watched Game like, of Thrones, by the way. This, uh, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Um, I just know that that happens in the first episode. Yeah. So basically, what you need to know is in this world of like transmutation, which a lot of people do. So it's like a profession. You can be an alchemist. Okay. Um, the one thing you're never supposed to do is try to bring someone back from the dead. Ooh. Because... Necromancy. Transmutation requires, like, an equal and opposite matter exchange, and Uh-oh. you cannot measure the worth of a human soul is the big deal. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, of course it starts out with these kids who are quite young, and they lose their mother, and of course they decide, we're gonna do human transmutation. Ouch. And it does not go well for them, because one of them loses their their entire body. Oh. So he's just a suit of armor. Ooh. Uh, like, attached to his consciousness, basically. Oh, like Doom Patrol. For the entire okay. show, pretty much. And the other one loses an arm and a leg, so he has uh, basically, like, a prosthetic arm and leg. Ooh. Oh, that sounds... Um, um, but it's very well. interesting. It's very complex. It's, you know, you laugh, you cry, that kind of show. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of my all-time favorite animes, and it is, I will just say, uh, go watch it. It's very cool. All right. And then, um, what about Owari no Seraph? What, what's that? And yes. what got so, you into it? So, Seraph of the End is a little bit less well-known, I'd want to say. Like, watch all the weebs come after me being like, oh, that's a new anime. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was Okay, Full Metal Alchemist. That I is considered a new anime yeah. from people on Twitter I've seen. Oh, yeah. No, it is. Um, but it is about... It is simultaneously about demons and vampires. Okay. So, you know, typical anime stuff, every magical being we can into this one show. <laughs> uh, but it is about, like, a ragtag group of kids who are going around, but they are also trained assassins, and they use weapons oh. that are... Uh, demon possessed. Oh, because they are fighting vampires, and uh, then there's an accident, and basically one of them ends up being a vampire. So it's the one versus who is like a a demon soldier versus a vampire, but they also love each other and they're brothers and like blah blah blah. Oh. It's very good, actually. The reason I like it is because it has like very well defined characterization, okay. also. And they also do that with their female characters as well. Because in anime, unfortunately, I feel like the female <laughs> characters often get reduced to all the same, like a slightly different font of the same character. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a huge and, anime fan and I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. So and this, this anime actually has female characters who are distinct and different and well-written and it is just overall pretty great. I think it is not even like I know the manga has more. I think the show didn't even finish uh because it ends on a cliffhanger. Mm. But it's really fun and just one of the ones that I also really enjoy. Nice. Nice. Um all right. And so we're going to get uh, move on to the final questions. We like can let you go on with your day plus I actually have something I've got to get to myself in just a little bit um uh and that is we i want to try to end these episodes as much as possible with like just one thing just one thing that the guest thinks that more people should know about um and so what is it that you what is that one thing that you love at science fiction or fantasy that uh you think that more people should know more about or get into more yeah I think for this one, I have to bring up Hell of a Boss. And it is spelled like H-E-L-L-U-V. A. Wait. So, yeah, A. Yes, I can't not spell. Thank you. Uh, Hell of a Boss. I'll, I'll, put it, I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. Okay, yes. Uh, and it is made 
by the same creator. If you haven't heard of Hell of a Boss, you've maybe heard of Has Been Hotel. So if anybody out there has heard of Has Been Hotel, it's the same creator. I believe you pronounce it um, Vivzy Pop. Oh. And yeah, Vivzy Pop, the creator on YouTube. Okay. She is amazing. She does some really great stuff. Hell of a Boss is imagine like a an adult animated dark comedy. Oh. Uh, so if you like cartoons, but you're also an adult and you're fine with adult content, dark comedy, you know, cartoony gore type of stuff going on, it's really fun. It's just a riot. And it's about a bunch of imps in hell and also some demons thrown in for good measure. I'm sensing a trend with you. Assassin business. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend. Yes, so it's really fun. Uh, I think they just started the second season on YouTube. It's all on YouTube. It's all free. Go look it up. Hell of a Boss by Vivzy Pop. Uh, if you're into, like, adult cartoons, definitely for you. Nice. Well, um, I think that's probably all that we're going to have time to get into today. I was going to ask you about Supernatural, but I feel like that's going to be one of those that... Uh, you're going to go on for a long time about um, at this point. Um, I mean, if you were a Supernatural kid, you know, so shout out to those fellow Supernatural kids. How's the uh, uh, adult neurodivergence treating you? Okay, can you repeat that one more time? You started cutting out there. Oh, sorry. I said just shout out to those fellow Supernatural kids and uh, how's the adult neurodivergence treating you? I see, okay. Um, anyway, so, hey, thank you for uh, coming on today. Uh, that was pretty fun. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I am honored to be on the first one. That, that's awesome. And so, yeah, thank you all, everyone, for listening. Um, this, If you go into our show notes um, right now, I am trying to help fundraise to get a new laptop as my current computer is dying. So if you have a few bucks to spend, um, go to the Ko-Fi that I have linked in the show notes. Spend there. We are on Twitter. We are on Mastodon. I just recently created a account there because Lord knows Elon Musk is completely ruining Twitter. We, um, I am on Substack where I post all my articles and podcasts, just nice and tidy. Get it all in your new in your inbox, um, and yeah, I got Instagram. Just, just check out the show notes for all that stuff. And thank you all for listening, everyone. Hope that you have a wonderful day and peace.